All right, welcome to another episode of the Quest for Excellence podcast series. I'm your host, Jeff Montreal. I am joined today by a new friend of mine, Joshua Lowry. Joshua is a successful real estate investor and the owner of Crystal Coast Canine, which is a dog training and obedience school. He's also a military vet and an all-around awesome dude from what I can tell so far. Um, so welcome, Joshua. Happy to have you here, man. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, we just met recently, you're uh, a new friend of a friend, uh, you know, Lyle Burks, who's uh, actually a part of my podcast. And we have a new weekly segment going on. We just started, which is awesome. But I met you through him. Uh, we're all military vets. You know, we all have a lot of things in common about just our values and the way we see the world and all that. I could tell that from just five minutes talking to you a couple of days ago. So I'm super happy to have you here. I'm excited to get to know you and figure out uh, for people like us and and I can tell for you what you know. What are, what's the secret sauce for success in your life? And I don't just mean money, but you know, how do you find happiness? You seem like a really fulfilled, happy person. So I want to explore that a bit. But before we get into any of that, any of your military experience and why you work with dogs, which I love, I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, uh, you know, before we go into anything, I like to talk about you know where you came from. I don't know a damn thing about you, so if you can literally talk about whatever you want, man. Just where you know where. What, where were you born, brothers and sisters, your family, your upbringing, school life, that kind of thing. Just uh, it's open book. Go ahead. Awesome, man. So, yeah, um, I'm the oldest of eight. <laughs> so I'm the. Wow. It goes, you know, me and then every year after me, it goes all the way down, you know, eight years. How many boys and girls? What's the split? Four and three. Gotcha. Four. Four. four four girls, three boys, and I'm the fourth. Gotcha. Yeah, so so it's split even. It's four and four. Wow. It, it <laughs> that's, that's funny. All right, carry on, carry on. Um, so, yeah, I was born in born in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, bounced all over the place, you know, lived, born and raised in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then lived in South Carolina with my parents. Um, parents were divorced, so I bounced back and forth from my dad's house to my mom's house. And, um, you know, just always trying to find my way basically mm -hmm. um yeah that's pretty much well I, yeah no when and and we know when you were young i, I had a similar thing my, my parents divorced and it, your your formative years where you went to school like high school grade school that kind of thing was that in charlotte was that with with your mom who where you know where where did you uh kind of grow up at um so but both places um it was it was an off and on thing so i lived with my mom um, who was in North Carolina for, you know, five, six years. And then I traveled. Oh, okay. Down. Say again. No, no, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. No, I just, I got you. Yeah. And then, and then South went to South Carolina and stayed with my dad for a few years and then, you know, bounced back and forth, you know, getting the experience, both sides of, of life. And how old were you during that phase? The, those, you know, uh, eight or nine years where you went back and forth. Oh man. Probably, uh, probably after probably four, that's when it was like six years with my mom, six years with my dad, and so forth. It, it ended okay at, at eighteen. It ended like I was with my mom. Somehow, <laughs> the numbers add up. <laughs> All right, I got you. Okay, cool, interesting. That you usually don't hear that kind of thing. It's usually like my dad. He had like weekend custody. We we all lived in New Orleans. That's where I was from, and you know I saw him pretty much every weekend. But that's interesting to have that kind of chunk. That, that that amount of time so that that right there i'm curious to hear how, how that experience was with uh, 
So when you were, you know, you spent your young, young formative years and you really get your foundation with your mom growing up in kind of grade school. And then um, after that, you know, your beginning of that junior high school was with your dad. How was that transitioning school to school? You know, did you maintain friends? And when you left or uh, it must have been interesting, huh? Uh, Super interesting. And so the the challenge was as a kid was trying to figure out because, you know, as, as a kid, the only thing you want to do is fit in. I mean, at least, yeah, at least for yeah. me. And so I always tried different things. Like uh, when I lived with my mom, you know, it was, you know, can I fit in with the with the, the sports and, you know, the after school activities and things like that. And when I was with my dad, it was, you know, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to try to fit in with um, the people that would wear all black and, you know, that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was, mm-hmm. it was completely different styles I always tried to fit in always try to find friends and um, it was actually really cool because as I was trying to find those groups to fit in with I would meet people and so I was friends with everyone so it was easy yeah. to make friends you know I I, uh, I had a very similar experience and I have a feeling I'm going to be saying that a lot dude I think we're <laughs> we had a lot of similar shit and our, our souls just kind of recognized that and and sparks were flying you know, nothing weird. It's just, that's how I already feel. And I had very, very similar experience, man. And, you know, I want to share something with you. Just kind of, kind of side note off track for a second. I think you'll like this. I posted today in this group I'm in, uh, the one that me and Lyle are in, uh, this, this concept about really kind of what we're talking about. And it, you may have experienced this. I don't know. I'm not telling you to do this, but for anybody listening, uh, when you're young, when you're in that phase, you know, maybe from Ah, you know, eight or nine, seven, eight or nine, when you can start playing sports and you're not, you know, a little turd anymore and you start to have some conscious thoughts all the way through your kind of high school years, your, your early and late teen years, it can be hard to figure out who you are, right? And I remember I, I moved, real quick story, I don't want to talk about me more than just the correlate what you're saying, but well, I moved from New Orleans to Michigan, that's where my mom was from. I was 10 years old, you know, I, I had the same issues as you trying to fit in. Luckily I did because I was kind of a jackass and I was smart. So I knew how to make people laugh. And that, that was me. I had like no filter, got a bunch of trouble. Um, but I remember, you know, that was uh, fifth grade. Mm. So I remember I remember in junior high, I think it was seventh grade. I was just pimple face, weird, trying to fit in, getting into some trouble, didn't know what the hell I was doing and uh, had no concept of any of, of this kind of higher level thinking. But I remember, and this is what I talked about in the lead to my point, which is kind of, it sounds like what we dealt with and had to do to become who we are now. But I, I remember sitting in my basement, I was going to play like a video game or some shit. Uh, I'm a huge gamer, you have been for over the years. I still am now, even though I don't have really have time for it. But So I remember I was probably gonna go play a game or something. I stopped and sat there, I was maybe, you know, I was still a little down and there was a notebook on the ground, a blank notebook and, and a pen sitting there. And long story short, I picked it up, just started writing, just like dump trucked my brain, my thoughts onto this paper. It was maybe, you know, a couple of pages. Um, nothing too extensive but when I was done I remember I was like oh my god I came out of like a trance and when I was reading it it was like somebody else wrote it because it was one of the first times where it was like all right dude you can't bullshit yourself about your circumstances you got to be you understand what's going on and just be real about your circumstances and it was like wow it was the first time I was able to look at myself honestly and my point was and what I talked about today it was actually from a Ed Milet podcast with this amazing doctor yeah i'll tell you more about it if you want to ask about it after this go ahead but it was incredible and the idea was like when you do that her story was real quick her teacher came in this doctor gave all the kids blank notebooks Mm -hmm. right and said 
look, and she was like uh, six, seven, real young, like just able to start writing and formulating thoughts, whatever. And said, look, just honestly write down your thoughts. Like nobody is going to ever read them. And it changed her life as a little kid. And then kind of the moral of my story and her, her point was also, you got to give yourself permission to take a look at that authentic version of yourself. You have to be able to do that, you know, put away your ego, whatever walls you built up, even as a young kid, you know, when you're getting picked on a few, few years, you can easily build up a pretty thick skin on how to get through, you know, and, and, and to, to survive. Um, so it was just fascinating. It sounds like we dealt with a lot of the same stuff. And eventually, let's kind of fast forward. Is that a feeling? Um, I want to kind of not get right into your military career, but I'm curious how that formed and what happened. But at one point, I'm sure we both had to decide, all right, we can be the victim and, and you know, through divorce and having to move and, and you know, leaving friends and getting new friends and fitting in and the whole dark God, that whole thing we had to figure out after that all right we need if we want to be successful and happy we got to create whoever that's going to be in our mind and work towards that so i'm curious i'm not going to say anything else about me well maybe later but not about this uh how how did that version of you the goth scared you know trying to fit in joshua just uh, a victim of circumstance or whatever right how did that morph into the motivation and decision to join the military? And when did that happen? How old were you? Um, so do you remember, you remember when um, I, I, I skateboarded by the name of Danny Wei when he jumped the Great Wall of China? Do you, did you know that? Yeah, actually, I, I just know, I actually, but I knew there was a skateboarder that did that. So I, I kind of know what you're talking about, yeah. So check this out. You, you remember in school, they had um, the, the Scholastics Book Fair? Oh, dude, I wish I still could go to them now. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah, they're so fun. So I, I got caught up in the wrong crowd, right? And so I'm not proud of this, but I used to take things from the book fair. Well, I would I would mm-hmm. take things that would what that would help me, such as, um, so I played Pokemon. I take a Pokemon book. Um, I wanted to learn skateboarding, <laughs> nice. so I took a nice. skateboarding book, and I hid the skateboarding book for like a year. Um, I'm sitting down in my parents' house, and... Um, I seen this dude jump the Great Wall of China and I was like, oh my God, if he can do that, I can do that. And so that hmm. happened, I think that June, I don't, I don't know which year, maybe 2012. Um, no, it wasn't 2012, it was like a long time ago. Uh, my parents got me a skateboard that following Christmas and I uh, mm-hmm. went outside and my dad had a dog. He built a dog shed out of plywood. I took down one of the sides, put it on the ground and I started practicing on that piece of plywood. And from that skateboard, me seeing Danny Way jump the Great Wall of China, still in that book from the Scholastic Book Fair, it built discipline because I wanted to do what he did. And so I'm actually really thankful that I was trying to fit in with different people because I just got caught up in the wrong crowd and I took something that I really enjoyed because I couldn't afford it and my parents couldn't afford is it. it. Is a reason I understand the Pokemon because you were interested in that, probably playing the cards yeah. and Game Boy, whatever. But skate was a skateboarding thing, just like, oh, that looks cool. Or were you into skateboarding you, before? You know what? At all? It was, I was, um, I didn't, my parents didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I always had like, mm-hmm. you know, the cheapest shoes. And there was this kid, he always had the cleanest skateboarding shoes I've ever seen. And they were called, uh, they were called Audios. <laughs> yeah. Like just the oh, sickest okay. shoes. So, 
I seen him have the shoes and I thought if I can be a skateboarder, my parents will buy me some shoes and I'll be cool. That was my mentality at the time. And so gotcha. um, that's from there. It just evolved. Like Yeah. So from there, um, skateboarding kind of just took over and I kind of just found my calling at that point. Nice. And did you get involved with any kind of uh, professional boarding? Did you ever jump anything cool, like some hot rod kind of stuff? Or did you, you know, were you uh, were you involved in, in any skateboarding professionally? Well, you know what I mean, even as a kid. Yeah. Was, or was it just kind of a hobby you got really good at? So it was um, for the first couple, first like year, year and a half, um, I pretty much stuck to that plywood. My dad would, um, he wouldn't really let us go to our friend's house. Uh, he took us to this place in South Carolina when I lived with him called the Plex, and it had a huge indoor skate park. Oh, and, nice. Um, I, I never got to skate it. I was always like, God, man, like if I just brought my board with me, you know, I was always scared to put my board inside my dad's vehicle because the grip tape, it scratched things up. So mm. know, I, I would never ask him to do something like that. Um, and so it wasn't up until, you know, I actually moved to my mom's house like a year and a half later that, um, she's like hey you can move in with me and i took that as my golden ticket and i was like you know what i'm gonna focus solely on skateboarding and um i'm gonna try to build as many friends as possible and then the vision evolved from there to okay i want to be professional i want to inspire and build my own skate park and this is when you were 18 right when you ended up after school back back at your mom's right is that is that correct yes is that the uh, I think 2000 okay. don't it was my it was my second semester of my ninth grade year is when I moved in with my with my mom oh okay okay so you didn't graduate so of your, of your yeah. ninth because you were a freshman yeah gotcha and you stayed with her through uh your high school yeah all the way okay. to the military okay so awesome now I'm guessing did you did not build a park it's still a, a dream of yours a long-term goal that's something you still want to do massive indoor skate oh, okay park. yes Yes. Okay, cool. Good deal. So that's kind of a, a, a aspiration. And it is something that you did professionally, right? Because you I didn't mention that I don't think you're, you know, going on tour across the world skateboarding. So but that's a passion of yours. Obvious. Yes. So after, after this point, um, from 1819, when you graduated, if you want to talk about anything that happened during your high school career in terms of development or the skateboarding world or any of that, I'm curious, though, and also, in essence of time, I want to make sure we get everything in here. We got. I got about, you know, I know I told you about an hour. I kind of have a hard stop at about maybe 30, 40 minutes. So no big deal. We got plenty of time. But let's let's get to your military career. So what what was the spark for that? You know, after high school, um, again, you, you know, you mentioned you, which I totally understand. Maybe at some point, not made the great decisions about who you were hanging out with and you know ways to cope and all that. But eventually, you realized the military was for you and. I'm curious why, and, and if you had inspiration from your family or anything, what, uh, how'd you end up uh, joining the military? You know what, it, it wasn't my choice. No, It no. wasn't my choice, nope. Um, when I, so when I was in high school, my I didn't skip school, I didn't do drugs, I wasn't hanging out with girls, I was always on time to class. The only thing I cared about was skating, that was it. I brought my skateboard to school in the, in the courtyard, mm. in the cafeteria. You know, uh, it, it was just skating, trying to get the board on the ground so that people could hear the pop and they would turn <laughs> their head. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. So at, at the time, the goal was I was working at McDonald's. Uh, shout out to everyone working at McDonald's. It's the hardest job. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
the goal at time was to work at McDonald's, stack all my money, uh, shove it into skateboarding, you know, traveling, going to events. And um, my mom thought that my mom saw different. And so she's like, you know, Joshua, when you graduate, what's your plan? I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be a manager at McDonald's. I wanna be a district manager. I'm gonna work my way up the corporate ladder. I'm gonna become a professional skateboarder. And I went to bed and I woke up and someone was banging on our door. And it was a real, wow. yeah. Did she call them like that day and they were there the next day? Yeah, she, kind of <laughs> she wasn't playing any games. <laughs> no, no shit. Wow. No, it's interesting, man. Cause you know, you hear McDonald's is McDonald's. I've had a couple of friends, one really close friend back in the day that um, I saw firsthand what it was doing. Like when I met him, it was just, again, nothing against the company, whatever. Just it was a gross environment. It was like affecting its skin and yeah. the car would smell. Just it can be a funky place. So that said though, corporate McDonald's and McDonald's in general makes a shit ton of money. Working as an executive at McDonald's is not a bad idea. <laughs> so did your mom think that you needed some discipline when you already told me when you were young and, and you got your board and, and found, you know, uh, Denny Way and all that stuff, you already had some discipline instilled in you. Did she not take it seriously and thought that you, you know, what the hell is going to become a skateboarder or blah, blah, blah. You know what? Was that it? Because it sounded like you weren't a, a delinquent. Like you said, you weren't doing drugs and getting in trouble. Um, what, what was her what was her motivation for motivating you to do that? Honestly, I think it was vision. It was a lack of vision. I wasn't I wasn't selling the vision. You know what I mean? I was just like, I'm gonna be a skateboarder. And, and that was it. There was no I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go here. These are my plans. It was just, I'm gonna be a professional skateboarder. And I guess a professional skateboarder laced with a McDonald's manager to some people might not sound yeah. <laughs> you know, that and, appealing. And yeah, yeah, I understand. And you know what, Jeff, it wasn't, I, I always thought vague. And I noticed that when I worked at McDonald's, because when I worked there, I had this this guy named, uh, he was the manager, right? Well, there's this, this, this lady came in here. She was, she was older. She had short hair. She wore a black shirt and jeans. And she came in with two guys and she walked in like a boss. And once I found out who she was, I found out that she owned multiple McDonald's. She was the like the manager mm. of multiple. And so I said, I wanted to be her. And so that was my plan was to be the district manager, multiple stores and to skateboard. Gotcha. And really, again, it's not a, you know, if you want to be a, a, a Grant Cardone or a multi-bajillionaire influencer or entrepreneur yeah. or whatever, cool. But if you just want to make a decent living and you know that again, not talking about the quality of the food or what you're peddling, but right. it's not a bad path. So I, I'm, I'm curious. I've always wondered about those parallel universes. Like what would Joshua have been as, as a McDonald's exec? You know, would you have <laughs> a completely different life? Obviously you would have, but you know, how, how would that have affected you? I wonder what your mom's foresight was and you know, the reasoning behind that. So, all right. So dudes at your door, Let's fast forward to basic training because I was I was been there. Talk about the bus when you got dropped off on your way to your first post at your training post. Just give me give me some of your initial beginning. Holy shit! I'm actually here. Yeah. That's wild. And then we'll go through you know your entire career. Yeah, I, I was sitting in the front. Um, as soon as the guy stepped on the bus, uh, he was spitting yeah. on me. And the only thing I the only thing I thought was, holy shit, what did I get myself into? <laughs> As everybody says the same thing, man. There's no, there's no, unless you're like a like psychopath and you love pain, you're just like hell yeah. You know, you're not, you you are not prepared no. for that first, the first like hour. You know, eventually you're like, all right, they're not going to punch me in the face. I will survive this. But that first couple hours, like, oh my god, brutal, brutal. yo, dude, horrible. <laughs> and I, you know, real quick thing, I'm continue. I'm a firm believer, and I don't mean uh, as a career or get 
deploy. But I think every like they do in in uh, in Israel, every single citizen should have to go through boot camp. At least go through basic training. Agreed. You don't have to join the military, but when you're done with high school, you go to boot camp. Yeah. It's just an, just like going to college or the natural progression. If we did do, I'm telling you, I know in my soul, we would have way fewer problems. People would be way less victimy and more grateful. I agree. So anyway, so all right, you're at basic, getting your ass kicked. You were uh, a Marine, right? You're in Marines? Yep. No, I was in the, Mar- in the Marine Corps. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you were uh, active, right? Yeah, I was active. Did a shout out. Today's our actually our 246th birthday, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I saw your post. I saw a few people, actually a bunch of people post about it. Absolutely. So happy birthday to Marines. Appreciate your service. Um, so look, this next part, because I, I, I want to hear about your experience in the military, but it's going to be touchy. I've had some really intense, dramatic, like movie scene experiences that I was not expecting mm. people talking about there. The military experience so uh, you know i'm not saying you've been in some black hawk down crazy friggin' vietnam <laughs> story but, um, you know if you want to talk about what the military did for you if there's any stories that really stick out you know if you were deployed if you, you are a combat vet i don't know any of that shit so yeah. you can just give me your military but i'm like, super excited to hear about it so um if i had to sum up the, the military in one word the entire, my entire experience, all eight years, it was awareness. Hmm. Because, you know, you really, honestly, Jeff, you don't know what you sign until the time comes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't figure out what I signed until I re-enlisted. And when I re-enlisted, I was a career planner. So I dealt with like, you know, re-enlistments, Marines that were re-enlisted, Marines that went drill instructor, recruiting. So. I was the liaison to send them to do, you know, those types of billets, those types of jobs. And so mm-hmm. it was my job to go over the contract with them to to show them exactly what they're signing. And as I'm reading it for the first time after four years, I'm like, man, like you guys really have no idea what you're signed up for. You really don't. You're, you're, and, I, and I love the military. You know, I don't I don't speak bad on them. I, I love them. I love what they do. You, you just have to be aware of the people around you, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and why you're there. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's like any organization, man. Do you, and once you embrace this, you, you're prepared for it and, and you're ready when you get into groups of people, big or small. But any organization is going to have some bad apples. I don't care who you are, whether it's your four-person friggin' eighth-grade yeah. uh, project team, one of one of them is going to be a doucher and not do the yeah. work. Or if you're in the military, you're going to find a bunch of people who are not good people that are there for the wrong reasons. I, I Look, I have my military experience was good and bad. It was very yin and yeah. yang for me. I, I, I had some you know great things happen to me and some not so good made some good and bad decisions and also externally it, it was good and bad you know i, I but I, oh i i support our military 100 people don't don't do it enough 100%. yeah for sure so you're right man i love i love that and i'm curious about you said awareness do you mean a a really distinct personal awareness or more of an awareness of your surroundings or both or because you know, they're kind of the same what do you mean by that exactly uh, uh so awareness meaning what, what your plans are in life. You know what I mean? Because you have you have gotcha. people that are in the military to to stay in, right? And then you have people who are in the military who just are just trying to make it to the next term, right? The next four years. And then you have mm-hmm. people who are just there as a stepping stone for college, you know, trying to get a degree, whatever the case is. And so when you're, when you're in it, you don't, you're not really aware because you're like, everyone else is in the pool with you. Until you step back and you're like, okay, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing this. What am I doing? Why am I here? 
um, if, if, if you're not aware, you're going to be taken advantage of. And the only reason why I say that is because I was a career planner and I experienced it with all of my battalions. Hmm. You know, that's fascinating, dude. I've never heard anybody really describe it like that. And you're right, because think about it. Think about it. You, they want you, especially in the beginning, during your beginning training, even like your first couple of years, they want you not to feel like a unique soldier, really in all the branches. They want you to feel like you're a part of this unit. You're one of the many, yes. right? Which can be debilitating to people who aren't really strong in who they are. You know, they're, they're limited... Uh, view of themselves, their limited foundation can be completely wiped away when you get in the surroundings. And when you come out the other side, the people who come home after being deployed or yeah. even after not being deployed, just getting out of that environment. You know, that's, I've never really thought about it that way. So, and, and again, there's bad people in the organization. True. The military does not fish nope. for, it's not how it happens. You know, you might see recruiters at grocery stores, but this recruiting and stuff going on everywhere for everything at all times. It's not, let's not even go there so but no that's it that's an interesting take on that I, I really never thought about it exactly that way because if you're not prepared because you're not prepared but <laughs> if you're not at least kind of prepared as a person you're screwed really or or the chances of you being successful through the yeah. military are, are a lot more difficult so interesting point so all right um through the basic stuff i want to hear eight years a long time were you deployed yes um a few deployments, uh, but I, I didn't. I didn't get the chance to go to Afghanistan, but I did go to like Burundi, Okinawa, Philippines, uh, Djibouti. Like nice. I went to some some exotic places and some 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 nice places. Awesome. Where'd you go in the Philippines? I, had, I was lucky enough to go there when I was younger. Uh, so we did a, we did an exercise out there called Balakatan, and so we were out uh, probably an hour from the airport, just in the middle of the desert. You know. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Cool. Awesome. Well, that sounds like uh, you've amazing dude I, i've had limited world travels i've been throughout europe and then in the philippines and awesome. malaysia when i was younger for some world oh it was incredible man like florence and assisi and venice and rome i, I should if you can never go to rome go to rome um, this is for you and everybody else if you haven't been there it's such a breathtaking city and paris as long as things are safe but anyway so world travels amazing you got deployed any uh any combat tours nope. We, we, did you see it? No, no, no was, okay. Which doesn't it matter. Was, it was funny. Um, I'll give you this quick story. I, so I was actually supposed to, mm -hmm. when I came from Japan, I was in Japan for about two years and then I came back to the States. Um, I came back in like a June and I was actually supposed to deploy in September. Well, in August of 20, uh, 2013, I got a speeding ticket, 92 and a 55. And um, oh, I actually got kicked off the deployment. And they sent that was wow. the guy kicked me off the Afghan deployment and put me on the Burundi and Africa deployment. So I was actually what? like for over a speed. Oh my gosh, man! Yeah, ninety-two and a fifty-five. It was like uh, two o'clock in the morning, coming home from work, and you know, the rest is history. Oh, no shit! I didn't. That's interesting. I didn't know something like that could do that. Wow. No, I, I wonder again, man. I don't even want to <laughs> use too much brain power on this, so we could talk about it for an hour and the cosmic things. No, but I wonder. I wonder, right? If you would have been more responsible right. that evening, or how your life would have went. It's crazy. Little things like that. Just you just wanted to get your ass home and Sleep. get some meal, you know, <laughs> or get some sleep, or get some booty, or something, whatever it was. You just wanted to get your ass home, and look what happened. That's wild. Interesting. So, all right. So, cool. Still. You know, just similar to me, you take someone like me or someone like you or someone who's been in like 18 tours in the Rambo, you still get a lot out of the military. Like I had no deployments. I was, I did my three by five. I was a, a cook. They wanted me to be an officer and then they screwed up my entire enlistment. It was nuts. 
they were actually going to let me get out. And they were like, all right, dude, you can do whatever you want. So I'm a restaurant guy. I've been in restaurants for like 20 years. It's kind of my my professional career was, you know, as a manager and leader in restaurants and stuff. Um, so I did that. I was a 92 golf. I was a cook for the Army National Guard. Um, so that, you know, great experience, worked with and, and trained with and supported a ton of guys that did get deployed and didn't see combat. And, you know, yeah, they still contact a little bit. So good experience, great people. Um, so again, appreciate your service. I know it's weird to say that. Right. Hear it, but... <laughs> All right. Um, all the world, met a shit yeah. ton of people, learned a lot in kind of a leadership role. You know, also, I can tell you're a decent person because you're helping recruits go over their contracts and make sure they know what the hell is going on, at least to the best right. of your ability. So, you know, your, your life is forming into this, uh, you know, your success character and your, your avatar is pretty set. You, you know what you want to do. So I'm curious from getting out of the military um, and you said eight years you were in, you joined when you were 19. So you're 27 at this point when yep. you got out. So I was, yep, you're right. Correct. Yeah. 27. All right, cool. I try yeah. to pay attention. I do take notes <laughs> of my, <laughs> my memories. Anyway, so 27, you're, uh, you're out. And I guess how you got into, and you can wrap this up however you want, how you got into real estate and then into the canine training, because I'm not so much into real estate. I, I will be one day, but I freaking love dogs, man. So I'm curious how if you are too, if you were, you know, dog dude as a kid, you had a dog growing up and all that. So if you want to kind of power through that, because we got, I got about 15, 20 yeah. minutes left. Um, maybe we can extend it a little bit. No, no, no hard stop. Just uh, let's try to get through this part. But I'm curious, where, where did all that come from? You could pick one or do both or, and then I'm sure because um, your partner, who we haven't really talked about, uh, which you can discuss, Alexis, she is uh, involved with the, the canine business with you as well. So yeah intertwine all that shit together into one okay. beautiful story uh, so just step back for a second i uh, went to went to my africa deployment came back started my first business in 2014 it was actually a dog training company um doing okay. six figures a year uh, making more money than i was in the marine corps um got out of the military moved to ohio and um went through a divorce and i uh was literally got on google and i was like what's the best way to make money and you know doctors <laughs> you know real estate you saw tech and i was like yeah. you know what this guy before i got out told me that real estate was the worst investment that you could ever make and i said you know what i'm gonna prove him wrong and i got i literally bought a course from this guy that from my mentor i bought this course i paid about uh 300 went through it and then mm -hmm. within 30 days made 10 grand on my first wholesale bill nice hell yeah man now look i want everybody who's listening to hear this because the part of the you know i i am a, a new digital entrepreneur who's going to be incredibly successful you've already found success i want people to hear what he just said you were told by someone who's probably had no success in it that's why they told you that but uh you bought a course which was the first step you spent some money online which guys i'm sorry you could go on youtube and learn a yep. whole bunch of shit on how to make money online you can but if you want, and, and this is the point, when you pay for something intrinsically in your mind, it's more valuable. So when you drop 300 bucks, you're going to damn sure make sure you got some money well spent. That's the idea behind it. That same course for free is not going to have the impact it had. So you have to spend money to learn from people, to get a mentor, to get a course, to go through a webinar. It's not just always free shit. Give me money right now immediately. The instant gratification is not going to get you anywhere. 
but for you dude it's 300 bucks within 30 days you made 10 grand 10 grand is kind of that benchmark all right that kind of like mini first goal for a lot of mm -hmm. entrepreneurs a lot of people can live pretty comfortably start to save grow their business with 10 grand a month so i'm assuming that happened and you kept going with uh with the real estate and real quick i don't want to waste too much time on the earlier part but were you still in the dog training thing while you were doing this was that still the original nope, I, business i gave that up um, i gave it to my nope. yeah, I gave it to okay. my past okay. life okay understood so real yep. estate was your thing you're rocking it 10 grand a month go from there what what happened in the next you know couple um, years I, or I, whatever i sold my first house and then I, I um i went to this real estate school out of ohio called uh fireland title uh shout out to ben uh he taught me more about multifamily nice. and i found grant cardone and i was like you know what multifamily is the way to go and um there wasn't a lot of multifamily where i was at at the time so i said you know what i'm gonna flip my first house and so um flipped my first house bought another house for forty five hundred dollars moved into it rehabbed it flipped it uh with alexis and um from there uh moved back to north carolina what city was that in yeah, that was, was in ohio uh, right Akron, where you Akron, ended up ohio. okay Oh, okay. I got you. Just making sure. I know that's that's where you moved to, and the the wars and started all this. And is that where you met um, Alexis in? Uh, so in I met Akron? Alexis here in in North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Cool. So all right. So you moved back. You you guys mm -hmm. are together. Your your real estate business is kicking ass. Um, were you? involved in just a couple of markets were you going all over the country were you staying real focused in one market what how how, how did that grow how did your real estate kind of empire grow um you so, so I, when i when i did my first house um I, I i thought i can do it myself and hire you know one or two contractors and um we basically just worked on the house for five and six months just every from from baseboards to carpet to plumbing to electric you know i just i spent those six months and i learned everything about a house and how to put it together um, mm, and at nice. the time I was rehabbing my own personal house, um, you know, trying to build that and, you know, flip two houses at once. And so that's, that's where my, my real estate, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of doing labor. I, I would rather, you know, bring people together and, and, and build an actual business. And so, um, my real estate, I try to figure exactly what it is that I want. And I said, you know what? I want multifamily. I want cash flow, mailbox money, you know, wake up, you know, wake up, you got money mm -hmm, in the bank, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I was like, yeah. the best way to do that from, you know, the real estate investors that I'm, I'm learning from is multifamily. So I need to find something that I can make money in and take a big piece of chunk and, and, and shove it into real estate, like a big piece of money and shove it into real estate. And so um, from there, I evolved into the life insurance industry. Gotcha. I was a, uh, for almost a year, um, trained with North Northwestern mutual. I was not a, a practicing financial advisor, but I was getting there and I was doing really well. You know, I was almost on the cusp, but just didn't work out for, uh, I was traveling, uh, from Ohio to Michigan where most of my people were, it was just, the logistics were nuts. Like three hours for, you know, 30 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> non fruitful cause just, and it was happening like yeah. all week, every week. It was too much. I didn't really think it up. But anyway, yep. so life insurance, I got you. So are you, are you licensed? Do you still do that? At this moment. Yep. Oh, gotcha. Awesome. Cool. And it's, and like people, people get a little icky about life insurance, but from someone who got in underneath the curtain and saw really what's going on, it's not no. a scam dudes 
and, and dude, that's it's not a scam at all. It, it's the, the the reason people think it's weird is because it's not it's not instant gratification. It's not something you can put your hands on right that moment. But you got to think yes. medium long term. You got to think legacy. You got to think your kids. And it's super important. So cool. I'll get okay. some information about that if uh, you know from your company business. But so life insurance. All right. So you're, you're that and where did the canine thing sneak in? What year did that start? How long is the uh, crystal? I forget the name. Uh, I'm sorry. Like crystal yeah, coast canine. Yeah. When did that happen? How did that birth through all of this stuff? When, because I haven't heard you mention anything about being a dog lover, having a herd, yeah. you know, walking <laughs> dogs. Like what, where did this, how did this evolve? Was it her uh, passion project that you guys are now doing yeah, together so, or what? Uh, when we, when we moved back uh, from Ohio, um, I had gotten to the life insurance industry and she had started her own company, a, a Airbnb and vacation rental concierge business in uh, South North Carolina. And so um, during those times, she was like, you know, trying to get the business on automatic. And uh, she recently just got the business um, producing cash flow where she doesn't have to work in the business anymore. So now she's like, she's like, hey, Josh. Awesome. Like, you know you know a lot about you had a dog training company and i love dogs i've always wanted to have one how about we build an empire another one and i was like you know what you know what i love <laughs> yeah. dogs i love i love people I, I love i love teaching people how to train their animals and, and and allowing them to coexist you know in harmony and so i was like you know what let's let's freaking do it so 2020 we had the pandemic we were like you know what this is the perfect time to take advantage of what's going on and we started crystal coast canine Love it, man. Uh, I saw some of your, your videos, your training videos. Uh, you're obviously doing good work. The dogs look super <laughs> obedient. <laughs> They're out doing it. crazy shit for the couple of things I saw. Yeah, no, and again, I don't know. I have no idea. But it, you know, it, looked, it looked quality. It really did. Uh, just you. the company seems super legit. I, I love the look and logo and all that. So it's great. So I guess uh, really quickly, how did that evolve from you know, like logo design and setting up the LLC to right now. How how has that been doing that kind of business? You're talking about with with the dog training company. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, from from birth, which you know, how long have you had the business? Um, the Crystal officially, it's like LLC. It's been a few months, um, but we, I mean, we've been doing oh, okay uh, training and getting getting everything ready for about a year now. All right, gotcha. So, how's it been? How these few months been? Are you getting clients? We're, it's we're, we going pretty well. Been a year ahead. That's all I can say. We would have been a year. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. Alexis and I, we are um, huge advocates for self accountability and um, taking mm -hmm. action really, really fast. So when we hear something, we read, we learn, we trust, but we verify. We want to know: Does it work? And if it does, how fast can we implement it? And then can we teach other people so they can implement it? And so we just hit the ground running. I said, Alexis, we need to do this. We need to find clients. We need to get advertisement logo. And within a week, we were set up, ready to rock. I was already getting consultations. And next thing you know, we had three dogs and started training. Like we've been doing this for 10 years. Dude, that's amazing. And I'm gonna say this again. Everybody should have to go to friggin' yeah. basic training <laughs> after high school because yeah. think about this, man. That builds your confidence up, right? So you already got that good to go. I don't care if you get through basic, your confidence went up like a bajillion levels, amount, yeah. exponentially grew. Okay, yes, you're like level ten thousand, over nine thousand. You're killing it. So you you got that right. So based on what you just said, it reminded me of like a mission. You and you've been doing it for however many years now since you graduated and after you 
got in the military. It's like, all right, I want to build this empire, do this thing, start this business, go. What do I need to do? And it wasn't like you decided like jumping blindly cannonball into the lava pool. No, you take immediate action, but you also talked about testing, seeing what works, yes. then deploying, not just taking stupid risky action. It, it is about taking immediate, yes. imperfect action, but being able to pivot on a friggin' dime, like immediately. And and because this is what happens when people don't do that, you know, you have a great idea. Let's say you know you're, you're doing crystal whatever, and you find out there's already a name for that. You were so into your name, you love the name, so your dream is ruined. Pivot. No, pivot, create something yes. new, get a new logo, do the same damn thing, rock it out, and use it as fuel to destroy that other company, and in a nice professional way. So, what happens? What no, you're good. Go ahead. I've come to realize is a lot of people get stuck, and what I mean by stuck is all right. So let's say Crystal Coast K9. Um, that name was taken, right? But in my head, I had this thing called the yeah. Dog Whisperer, for example. I I would get so mm -hmm. consumed with trying to figure out the logo and the name that it would take me a year or two years instead of just sticking with the Dog Whisperer, for for example, and then coming back later, circling mm -hmm. back when I'm you know taking action and I'm finding new things and get inspired and then change the name and just stick with it and move forward. Just keep right. going, keep going, and go back and change it. You know what I mean? Yeah, people get yes. so worried about what people are going to think about. Yes. Dude, screw that. Just go. Because this is, how the hell are you going to get better if you don't do something silly or make a mistake or do it inefficiently? And then you, you know, on the other side is that are the wins, is, is the that, that compound growth. I totally agree. I love it, dude. I love knew that. we were going to get along, bro. <laughs> this is, we're, we're, we're touching tips here. This is incredible. This is fantastic. And I, I completely agree. I love the way you, you describe that. I I am going to do some Nostradamus here. Your business is going to kill it. You're going to do very well. You're going to get tons of clients. You're going to be on TLC with friggin' uh, what's I forget his name from uh, <laughs> the Dog Whisperer, but uh, it's going to be awesome, dude. That's fantastic. And you know, I was going to ask you for some advice, and because um, I've got some time left here, and I got a okay. couple more questions. I want to hear about where people can find you. And but that that last chunk right there for ever, if you're still here and you're, you're still with us. That is really what it's all about. The, the first part, and, and uh, really a, a huge part of why I'm doing this is to get people ready for that next step mentally. This isn't how to make a million dollars. This is not how to be a manly man. This is not how to run your business. This is how to get yourself mentally prepared by learning from people like us who've been through it. And it's really simple. People try to convolute and make things complicated. No, just take action, don't give two flying shits what anybody thinks about what you're doing if it's genuine it's coming from your heart and you're doing it with confidence right which all those things come from within that's all from you you're good to go so i, I love it you're, you've been able to pivot since you wanted to become a corporate executive mm -hmm. at mcdonald's you didn't bitch and complain you, you did what your mom told you to do she, you knew she loved you it wasn't out of spite or to get you out of the house you took it seriously. Look what happened, man. For real. It's incredible. I, I love the story. I, um, this is just side. I'd love to have you back too. Uh, this is, we could have done this for a couple of hours. I wish I would have <laughs> known better and scheduled more time for us, but I, I do want to have an, a, another conversation. I've told this to everyone of my guests to have you back, especially you. I want to see how your business is doing. And you, I've been saying like three to six for months, sure. maybe in a couple of months and see how you're doing. I'd love to help promote. And, and I know I don't live in that state or that city, but it doesn't matter. It's the internet. We That's can right. do whatever the hell we want. Um, so a couple, couple quick questions at the end here, and these aren't always the same, but, um, and, but it's, it's interesting how they change for each person because some people go through these intense struggles and fight their way through and then have an epiphany. And some people like you just 
you take the hand you're dealt and make the best out of it and, and do the best you can do and kick ass in the process. So if you can give anybody either struggling right now to do what we've been talking about, take imperfect action, believe in themselves, all that. If, if you can give any kind of advice for someone like that, or if someone who kind of already has that, but are looking to do what you've done, start a business, um, you know, grow that business, get clients for, for people just starting out who are dealing with that, that fear wall right, right in front of them. Any, any tidbits of, of knowledge would be awesome. Um, you know what? The one thing that I always tell everyone, because they, they ask me the, the same thing that you're asking Jeff is you have to get clear about mm -hmm. what it is exactly you want. You know, it, you can't go find treasure without a treasure map. And the treasure map that I'm talking about is literally a pen and a piece of paper. And that would be writing down hmm. your goals and what exactly it is that you want. I, I recommend once a day. Some people say twice. I say once a day. And you need to review every single day what it is exactly that you want, where you're going and how long it's going to take you to get there. W whatever the case is, because once you have direction and you know what it is you want and where you're going, it gives you it gives you a meaning to to go fight for something. It gives you a reason to push through those barriers when someone tells you no, when something didn't go, you didn't get that loan, you know, family member leaves this planet. It gives you a reason to continue to push forward because you know where you're going. And then you can see that every day when you have a failure, there's no such thing as failure. It's a learning experience. Um, yeah, quote unquote yes, failure. Yes. You go back to the drawing board, you go back to your treasure map, which is that piece of paper the things where you, that you desire or you, that you want. So that's that's where I would tell everyone who's struggling to just get clear, write it down and and figure out exactly it is what it is that you want. Fantastic, man. And this kind of comes full circle with what I talked about earlier in our talk here about, you know, that that when I wrote that journal entry down and realized who I really was and the first time I was able to like see my my who I you know where, what my character yeah. was why, why I was there I was young but you still have purpose and you're young I love the treasure map thing man that that really is um, if you're familiar yes. with Simon Sinek and the idea to start with why well that that it just that treasure map to me kind of more uh, not so tangible more foo foo metaphorical is really your why because when you struggle and you get defeated you know let's say you're a parent and you're and you're you're raising your young daughter and that's your reason why you're not going to let that thing down whatever it is whatever your why so you got to find your why i totally agree and to add to what you said and i totally agree with this as well yeah uh, you didn't exactly say this i'm kind of putting in my own words but you got to focus on your trajectory and not mm. a goal or an end game thing that you're trying to do because you don't know you might hit it big tomorrow and that thing might click or it might yes. take three years so if you're if you're looking at that goal, try to think of focus on the trajectory and think of them as benchmarks that they're going to happen, right? Have that confidence. You'll find, but you'll find your don't why. get stuck up on when it might take us. Yeah, exactly. And and somebody might be like, dude, I have no why. I live by myself. I got nothing. If you take a look back at your past, I guarantee you, there's something that has motivated you, inspired you, that you could use to help someone help yourself or spread a message out to people to help them live better lives. I don't care who you are, it's anybody, literally anybody, unless you've been living in a hole for 90 years. It's once you realize that it's a game changer, man. And then again, focus on the trajectory. Don't look at uh, you know that hard goal. It's important to write stuff down, down every day and don't 
you know, get off the wagon and, and not, you know, try, make. Is, and one more thing about that, I got. I thought this when you said it. Don't write down simple goals every day, like <laughs> get out of bed, don't hit snooze. It, like, write down stuff that's really going to get you towards your goal. I've, I've seen that a lot in, in in this group I'm into. People start setting up their, you know, their first, you know, key performance indicators and what they're going to be doing, and it's like, dude, can you, I you can that? do better can than that. that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what? for sure, yeah. man. Jeff, I, I want to challenge that just for a second. You know what? In, in the beginning, I had to mm-hmm. do that. You know that? I I had to. Yeah, yeah, you're but right. It, you're and, right. No, I and agree. it was silly. It's like, dude, like, I know to drink water. <laughs> you know, I, I know to wash the dishes. But <laughs> yep, yep. It gave me something to do. And then as as time went and my my um I did those things, it my my goals and where I was going evolved on those pieces of paper. It went from materialistic and tangible to um, like characters, you know, characteristics and things like that. So, yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome, dude. I, I love that. No, no, you don't challenge at all. That's genius. Cause you're right. I guess I, there, there are some people who might hear this or people out there who might be in a really, mm-hmm. really bad situation, you know, and they might need to start with the most basic stuff, Brush like teeth, smile you know? when I look in the mirror or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. No, that's, that's fantastic, dude. And I think, I think I'm going to end with that. That's great. It, it doesn't matter really where you're at. You got it. The, the idea of compound growth can start anywhere. And once you start getting traction, you're good. It's that simple, right? So believe in yourself, set, write down your goals, think of them as benchmarks and, and just keep moving forward. Uh, it's awesome, man. So again, th- I don't feel like we're done, but I'm okay. going to have to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes. But before we do that, just you and I'll, we'll, once we're done, I'll, we'll connect right after this and I'll get all your links. But if you want to just describe briefly where people can find you, um, you know, the best place to connect. And then if you have any long-term goals that you want to talk about or things that you're really excited about for your future, yep. I'd like to hear uh, So all my things. handles are at the Joshua Lowry, um, the dog training companies at Crystal Coast K9, Facebook, Instagram, uh, blog. Um, and then, and then long-term, gotcha. the reason why I'm doing everything I'm doing is it goes back to when I saw that guy jump the Great Wall of China. It's to build the skate park to inspire other children teenagers and even adults who've given up skating to come back and to relive what they've given up that's incredible man wow that's awesome i will be uh one of the first people there to follow my You're ass because i don't know how to skateboard welcome. but i'll be there for sure when you build it <laughs> that's incredible dude yeah you kind of gave me a little goosebumps there dude that's how i know it's real that's awesome i'm not even kidding that's fantastic i you know it's one of these things where i've got this asinine unwavering confidence that is unshakable and i know you do too so i already see this this already exists right. we're just not there yet so i'm excited to see it uh get built man I see the foundation you. being poured that's awesome so look let, let's keep in touch we'll set up another time to talk i'm i'm excited to help promote your business and, and chat again to see how everything is going so this has been incredible dude i uh I had a feeling, but not quite this much. So thanks, Thank you thanks for a lot for being here. I really appreciate it. All right. Yeah, for sure. We'll chat soon. All right.